So today we are back with Allison McGuire and myself, and we are going to be discussing all things kind of frequency and awakening and spirituality and kind of see where this interview goes. So stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Allison, thanks so much for doing this again with me today. I'm super excited for everyone to hear what we have to talk about. So like duo amazing between the two of us. So thanks so much for being here. I love it. I couldn't wait for today. I feel like we have fun, fun topic. We do have a fun topic today. And it's been kind of revealing itself over the last couple of weeks, primarily last week. And then you and I We're on a Zoom call yesterday where it was just coming in, like flooding in with information. So I was excited that you got to at least get the latter part of that Zoom call so that we can kind of expound upon it on today's recording. So I'm super excited about today. Yes, me too. It's funny too, because it, you know, so the topic that we're going to talk about today started from a download that you got that you did a TikTok on, which you'll share here in a second, but it's, I've been thinking about it since it came out. And I think, you know, it's one of those ones like this is, this is a solid, solid, amazing topic. So do you want to just go into the download you got what, you know, what it was and kind of explain starting at square one, (laughs) where that came from? Square one might be like, you know, 40 squares ago, but let's, uh, I I think our listeners are, are, uh, are with us a little bit more. Yeah. So what would you say that was like maybe two or so weeks ago, I did a video and I'm having like mind fog. So remind me what I said in that video, because I've like moved forward to what we talked about yesterday on the Zoom call. So what was it that I said? Yeah, because that's kind of how it works, right? When you're totally channeling, you're like just you're like a vessel. You're not even like almost fully aware of what you're saying, which is 1000%. (laughs) So your download was that basically that when we come into this earth as humans, we are coming in with a location and specific time and date, date, basically stamp, which, you know, goes forward to basically showing you like what your life path is supposed to be based on that or experience. So you can explain it better than I. No, that's perfect. Thank you for, (laughs) thank you for that. Okay. So the way that they, and so when I, when I, when I say they throughout this, these next couple of weeks, I'm going to always be talking about like this higher energy. Maybe I'm talking to my higher self, which has connection to councils or spirit guides or whatever. I, I don't really pinpoint who they are. I just know when I feel it. And I know when it's information that I have absolutely no ability to attain this information just by sleeping or walking or existing. So I know it's not from me. So that is who they is. So the way that they showed it to me, it was kind of like in the morning and what they were showing me, and we're going to go into more detail in this today, was that there is an avatar and that avatar is going to be born in this time date and place specifically. And 
basically you are a soul existing, let's pretend in space, right? You do not have a body and you are conferring with what we will call counsel. And I will discuss this later. And based on this time, date and space, that life, that avatar is going to accomplish certain things on this planet that you are able to see the good, the bad, the ugly, the people, the contracts, all of that stuff. And so based on what it is that you are here to accomplish as a human being, then you will incarnate at that time into that avatar. And that is the personality that you are playing while on earth. It's like when you play a video game. And I I find it so fascinating, the downloads I was getting yesterday, because they were so in line with playing a video game or being a character of a movie. And so just as a kid is playing a video game and wants to be this quarterback or that whatever driver, NASCAR driver in a video game, that is basically what you're doing. You're seeing, okay, this is the stats of this character I'm going to play. These are who the parents are going to be. These are the difficulties and challenges. This is very in line with what I want to experience on the planet. And yes, I'm going to check that box. I'm going to pick this family. I'm going to pick these experiences and I'm going to incarnate into that body. And that is how they showed it, that you literally swoosh in and play a character you are not your personality. You are not your ego. You are not this person on this planet. You are literally playing a role for your benefit and very oftentimes the benefit of the characters around you. Why, right? Why? And that was a big question over the last couple of weeks too, which is why are we here? What are Mm -hmm. we doing? Like, right? why? And as I kept asking why, because it almost, you almost enter like, a, like an out of body experience when you ask why, like a couple times, because it it just boils it down really weird. Uh, try it at your, you know, try it while you're listening to this or afterwards. And so, the why is experience, expansion, growth. If you want to use the Bible for example, and you look to like Eve. Adam and Eve time. And the idea was she's going to eat this apple. She's going to become self-aware. She is going to, and the reason is, is to be, to be as close to God as possible or a God or have all of the knowledge. Well, how do you have all of the knowledge? And I've been studying this just because I'm fascinated by human beings that if right now in Florida, there was a hurricane and we saw mass destruction down in Florida, God forbid, we would still go to the grocery store today. We would still pick our kids up from school. We can have empathy for what's going on, but at the same time, it's almost impossible for humans to put themselves into another person's shoes unless they've walked the walk, talked the talk, and been through it. Right. And so I believe that with inside of the space of a soul for whatever reason. And I don't know the reason I haven't gone that far yet. We are incapable of growth and expansion without getting to the space of love. And the true space of love is understanding and and pure empathy for all of existence, basically. And so 
to attain pure love, a.k.a. God, a.k.a. source energy, which is the, the purest and only true thing in the universe is love. The only way to get there is to play all of these different roles so we can put on all of these different shoes and understand completely what it's like to be in a hurricane, what it's like to be murdered, what it's like to be the murderer. And so we cannot have empathy for the murderer unless we've been the murderer. And so there's the duality of being murdered and being the murderer. And I know that a lot of people are listening to this going, what in the hell? But to love the murderer, one must understand the murderer. You know, to love yourself, right? Exactly. And so when we come in, we kind of know that we're signing up when I, when I've done many, many readings and they're usually for an individual who has been at the hands of the bad guy, you know, and it could be just like my dad left when I was seven and I've never seen him again. Right. But because of that dad leaving at age seven, this person has grown, experienced, expanded, whatever, by way of that loss of a father. And when I see that father who has left, usually they have now passed on, I find it fascinating. And this really started like a year ago where I would see them with different colored wings representing I came in to be the bad guy to change your life so that you understood X, Y, Z. And so we need to understand that the bad guy that is coming in is signing up for a very, very difficult human experience. They know they're signing up to be the bad guy. They know that they are going to experience hatred. And so maybe in their last experience on this planet, they were abused, right? Maybe they were at the hands of an abuser. And so in this incarnation, they want to be the abuser so that they understand the duality of both sides of the same coin for true expansion, awareness, learning, etc., so that they do completely understand what's going on down in Florida from both sides. They have true awareness and true love and compassion for not only the, quote, bad guy, but also for the person that was, you know, abused or whatever the situation is in that scenario. Because to be on Earth, there is literally no reason for chaos and bad people. There's no reason for any of this except to learn. There's no reason. Would you say to learn to love? Yeah, I mean... You know, I I joke about it a lot on this podcast, but like no one ever learned anything on the beaches of Turks and Caicos, right? And the reason that is, is because it's just like going to, you know, a movie. And I talked about this yesterday on Zoom was you go to a movie and if, you know, you sit down in the theater and you're ready for the story and there's two people and they're in love and that's it. They go to dinner, they go to sleep, they have a kid. And then the movie's over. What have they learned? What have they experienced? How have they grown as characters? There's no protagonist. There's no chaos. There's no bad guy. There's no lost love. There's no nothing. It's just existence. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to compare that to life, the same holds true for what we are doing on this planet is we are playing a character just like in a movie. And so there's going to be, you know, difficulties and chaos and illness and death and loss. Why? 
Well, Dolores Cannon talks about it all the time and says, you know, fear is for entertainment purposes only, right? Because you cannot die. You are an eternal being. So if you are an eternal being, if you've chosen to come to this planet to experience different things for growth, right, then that means you truly don't have a vested interest in being here outside of experience and growing. And so dying could be part of that experience and growing. So on the spirit side of existence, what you experience on earth, no matter how it's deemed good or bad from the three-dimensional perspective, it's all good. Right. It's so- all good. So along that line, I keep having this question in my mind as you're talking, because we're talking about good and bad, and we're talking about experience, and we're talking about, you know, reincarnation, coming back as souls that we never die. And I keep thinking as you're talking, like, the concept of karma. And if we are, right, like, if we're playing the bad guy role, right? So we're playing, and it's just you know, this is just thoughts in my mind. So I'm curious, like what you see when you think about this, if we're playing the bad guy and if we're playing the good guy, right? Like you would think if you're playing the bad guy, you're building up negative karma that you're going to have to then, you know, come back and experience, let's say the opposite side of that to like neutralize your karma, so to speak, however you want to look at it. Or is it backwards, right? Like, or is it that we come in as this like, you know, beautiful, eternal being. And then, you know, it's like, okay, well now you need to see the other side of it. So I think we often think of it as a punishment, like karma, like a punishment. And I think that it would be really interesting to hear what you see around that, because the more that I learn about it, the more that I like feel through karma and just energy and how things work, I keep coming back to what you're saying about the experience of it. And it not being necessarily like a tally system, but more so like a, you have to go through it to understand it. Yeah. So when I look at karma, I look at karma as the great equalizer. I look at karma like, hey, do you want to go to graduate school? So you're going to accumulate all of this, all of these lessons. So I would actually look at karma like an expander. So let's say you were wanting to elevate from first grade to eighth grade in school. Mm -hmm. Then you would say, I am going to learn a ton of lessons in this lifetime. I'm going to... Um, grow up in abusive household. I'm going to get, you know, pregnant at 16. My boyfriend's going to leave me. I'm going to live on the streets with my child. I'm going to have addiction issues, maybe be in another abusive relationship. And then I'm going to find myself and find love for myself and get, get on my feet and make a life for myself. Right. So, so these are all of these challenges that you have assigned on for. And so what I look at that is someone might say, wow, this person has a lot of karma. And I would actually change that to this person has a lot of lessons that they have decided to learn in this lifetime. The funny thing I was thinking of yesterday, because someone left a crappy comment on one of my Facebook posts and, you know, just rude. And then I go over to their Facebook just to see what kind of a person they are. And it was like, oh, I hope that this person, you know, burns in all eternity, right? So now I know who I'm dealing with. 
And so I was thinking about that. And this goes back to the karma piece. We want that person to burn an eternity. We want that person to get their karma, right? That's how we look at it. But the problem is, is we don't understand that when you're sending negative energy out, that doesn't necessarily mean that that negative energy is going to be transposed in this life experience. That soul, when you think about it, if they're reborn and then you say, well, I don't want any child to starve. I, I don't want any child to ever hurt. We don't want children to hurt. But you don't realize that when you are wishing ill will on this person, they could be born again. And that is when they will experience that negativity, you know? And I'm not saying that like we're running around wishing ill will on people and it matters and it counts, but you just need to understand that when you are thinking negative thoughts about a soul, you know, like when, when you want someone to hurt or be in pain, this goes back to the attainment of love and attaining the purity of love in your heart and, and truly stepping into that and recognizing that when you wish that negativity onto someone, first of all, whatever you wish out goes back to you because you are them. They are you. I know I'm getting in the weeds here, but we need to recognize that a soul is eternal. So just because you see a bad guy, and this is, I think, how I am quicker to get to love. So I hope that that's what you're getting from this is understanding that that murderer that bad guy, this horrible person in your life that you hate, that cut you off at the stoplight or whatever. And you're like, you're a horrible person. I hate you. You you stole money. You know, all the negative people right in life, Madoff and Hitler and all these horrible, horrible humans. They're going to be reborn as a baby. They're eternal. Their energy is eternal. And this is very, very difficult to understand that a bad guy is going to be reborn as a baby to, you know, some other family and is going to be this cute, cuddly person. And you're going to love him so much. And in the last life, they might have been Hitler, or some, you know, some horrible person. But I think that's the fastest way when we look at it that way to attain love and recognizing that you know, a lot of the quote, bad guys in history, you know, they are choosing a very difficult life path for our learning as a collective. When you look at some of the worst human beings in history, they usually taught us the most about love. They brought us to our knees for loving and having compassion for people that were abused or harmed or murdered or whatever it is. The collective learns a great deal during these times of tragedy. There's usually a coming together around tragedy where a large amount of people love exponentially the, the person that has been hurt and in it together in it together. And so like, if you look at, you know, the case of what's that one girl, they just, they thought that that was her, that one little girl that was stolen from Portugal, you know, like the, she was just stolen out of her hotel room. The world gets around that they're, they feel horrible. So inside of tragedy, there is a collective increase of love instantaneously from a large group of people if we, and this is going to be a very, very difficult and 
provocative thing I'm about to say. But in the case of like this little girl, which of course McCain, was that a McCain? I forget her name. Anyways, spiritually, from a spirit perspective, she's like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to incarnate as this little girl who's going to get stolen in Portugal while her parents are eating dinner. And, you know, that's going to be super great because we're going to bring all of these people all across the world from all walks of life who are going to care about me and love me and be concerned about me and want the best for me. And then they're also going to learn to not leave their kids in hotel rooms alone because it's dangerous. So this person signs up for this experience and they're like, well, why would you do that? And they're like, well, I don't care. It's just being human for seven years or five years or whatever it is. They are more concerned about the greater good of the planet than they are about their own momentary human experience. Because from the other side, you know that we are eternal and this is just a blip on the radar of your experience. And I know that's a lot. And everyone that listening to this is like, well, it wasn't your kid. But, you know, I have lost, you know, in miscarriages and I have had very traumatic experiences and 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 I still would rather lean into the things that I am talking about here than thinking that we're like this victim of humanity and that bad things happen for no reason, that mm-hmm. that, that it's just haphazard, if you will. Right. Yeah. I think that's also one of those things where like if you talk to people, right, that like don't believe in reincarnation or don't believe mm-hmm. in some of these things, that's like, well, that is a jagged pill to even begin to swallow. But I think yeah. when you have the level of faith in what we're talking about and in, you know, the fact that we are eternal beings, we are souls, we, you know, have this human experience that, you know, we started with with talking about of sort of being like time stamped into this reality, right? If you are of the understanding of that, it kind of all the chips fall into their place and it all makes sense. And I think just having also, right, like thinking about it from another perspective is like, I don't know, I always think of like magnets, right? So you have a negative and a positive and and how they neutralize each other, how they come together. And I just, you know, it's so elementary, but I always just think about, you know, the thing you say too about, negativity and how it lives inside of you and how, you know, I'm not saying anger doesn't have a place. I think anger is such a powerful motivator and tool and it creates action. And I think it's really important, but I think, you know, really like hurting people and blasting out negativity is just creating more of the same. If we see something that makes us so angry and then we go and hurt more people, it's just that chain of pain, you know? So I think at the end of the day, whether you're thinking about it really from a spiritual, you know, higher perspective, or you're thinking about it just practically, hate is not going to solve hate. Yeah. Love is the only thing that can neutralize hate, you know? And I think, yeah, we have to get angry about these things that happen to create change, but we have to create the change with a powerful love. Yeah. And a non-judgmental one, like you don't have to take part in it, You don't have to like be, yeah, hey, I just want to hang out with, you know, bad people. Like, you know, I look at bad as only able to exist on this planet. 
so if that is the case, right, we have to do some logic here. If negativity can only exist on the planet, then that would mean that negativity and bad is a human construct. It is a human experience that you can only have while here. So to lean into the human experience, and this goes back to the idea of like selling your soul. What does that mean to sell your soul? It means to lean into your humanity 100% and lean away from your spirituality, your spiritual self that came here that is pure love. You have decided to lean into your human and benefit as a human only. So you're indulging in only human indulgences, I guess you would say. And so, you know, when we do that, and it, it's tactile to be around someone like that, it is, it is a vibration that you can feel. So someone who is always like has road rage, or they feel that the world is against them, or they, they complain about their, you know, been victimized, or they're still bitching about their parents didn't get embraces when they were 12, or, you know, just the whole world is out to get them. That is someone that has completely leaned away from recognizing their power and leaned into believing their human experience is all that it is. This mm. is all that I am is a human. Yeah. I'm going to try to get as much out of human as I can versus the leaning into the spiritual piece where you're like, okay, I'm here for a bigger reason. So everything that comes at me, I'm going to benefit from it in some way. When you lean into your human and someone cuts you off, you go, oh, that person cut me off. That's They're such an idiot. I hate them. Like People are so horrible. But if you lean into your spirit side and someone cuts you off, you're like, hmm, maybe I need to slow down a little bit. Maybe yeah. there's an accident up ahead that I'm being saved from because I had to hit my brakes way back here. And so it's really just a matter of the point of view of how you see yourself, how you see the world around you. This is the thing. When if you lean into the idea of religion, that there is this all-powerful God, Right that you then say, maybe you say he's loving, but he's jealous. Like you can come up with all of these human characteristics to represent a non-human energy. Mm -hmm. okay? it, it goes sideways because then God's killed more people than any other entity on this planet. God has created the weather then, right? And killed people in weather storms or in allow wars to happen, allow children to starve, right? So, so what do you lean into is that we are being punished or that we are experiencing that mm -hmm. this is the end all be all is humanity and you get one chance here, or we're going to lean into science, which is energy is neither created nor destroyed, which means if you have been, you always will be, and you always have been. I just kind of look at all of this as kind of scientific mm -hmm. and then also leaning into the information that I'm getting by way of being, you know, channeling, which is getting faster and more furious as we are moving forward in, in the time into the, the, the age of Aquarius, which I hate even saying because it sounds corny, but it is what it is. So what I was shown yesterday, unless you have questions from here. Well, I just wanted to comment on the fact that I think using the word experience is so, it's such a good word because I think if you go to a place where you say it's 
supposed to happen, right? Like, and, you know, maybe, you, maybe people believe, you know, things about contracts and things of that nature. And, you know, that's a whole nother topic, but I think just the word experience is such a, it's not, it's not good. It's not bad. It doesn't have judgment around it. It just is, is and is. So I don't know. I just think I love the word experience and I think it is just the perfect word for what you're trying to explain. So. And if I you look at the animal kingdom, that. If you look at the animal kingdom, Allison, you know, and and people have pointed this out time and time again, we see the lion and the gazelle and the lion attacks the gazelle from the gazelle's perspective. This day sucks, but from the lion's perspective, this is a great day. I got a whole gazelle. I'm going to feed my whole family. So when you look at any concept, you have to be able to take it from the micro to the macro, from the macro to the micro. Mm -hmm. Is it truth? Okay. And so you would be able to apply it to other things and it would still hold true. If you look at the gazelle and the lion, do you have judgment based on these two animals? You can look at it from either perspective. Is it a good day or is it a bad day? Right. Okay. And so you could look at it from neither. Or you look at it from what you're talking about. Exactly. Which is, this is a benign situation where energy is being transmuted from this animal to that animal. They're having this experience. It is what it is. But when we come to humans, because we have emotions and because we don't want anyone to ever die, we don't want anyone to ever get sick. But if I look at my own personal experience and say to myself, okay, cancer was horrible. Or cancer was the greatest thing to ever happen to me because it changed my life so profusely that I wouldn't have traded having cancer for anything in the whole wide world because it awoken me to doing things now and being more fearless and asking for help. And I mean, it changed my whole life. So although something can be looked at as both bad and good, I feel by way of experience and perspective and deciding to not suffer and deciding to learn something inside of what we would as humans consider bad is what will change you from being a victim to an active participant that has learned a lesson and then will therefore grow from that place. You know, I think that if you if you listen to people that have had near death experiences that have had you know huge tragedies in their life I was just listening to a video this other day this woman is a death doula basically and she was she was working with a 14 year old and a 17 year old and she said both of them had the exact same death experience the the end of days which is you know, I wish I would have spent my time differently. I wish I would have, you know, done more things. I wish I would have lived outside of fear. When you look at people that are going through tragedy, you can see, is this person learning and growing and expanding or are they panicking and in the space of fear? Like there's just, there's so much you can learn from someone going through difficulty and none of us want to experience difficulty. None none of us wants to get breast cancer. None of us want to go through bad things, but that's why we're here. There's no other reason to be floating on a rock in space 
There's no reason. There's literally, why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we here? There's no reason for humans. It's stupid. There's no reason for flying and outer space. And there's no reason for, there's no reason for us to be here. Think, think of all of the size of the universe. Why are we here? There has to be a reason. This, it's just completely bizarre to have humans on a rock floating in space, looking at things like suns and stars and other wacky planets. And <laughs> it's all about experiencing and what we decide to take from it. And we can take the good or we can take the bad. And, you know, even inside the space of suffering, don't get me wrong. Like it, when I went through breast cancer, it wasn't like, oh my God, yay, I'm going through you know, radiation today. I can't wait to like lay on a table with my boobs hanging down, you know, but it's how you decide to go from that and look back at it and decide what we're going to learn from this today. So even though things can definitely suck and they do, loss is hard. Illness is impossible. All of it sucks, but that doesn't mean that you're not going to take something profound from it. Right. You know? perspective is absolutely everything. I I always say those are the two things I feel like you taught me from the beginning of our coaching was perspective as is everything and I'm not a victim. And I think that's like pretty much what you just tied up in a, you know, in a pretty bow right there. If we can kind of circle back to where you started to with the timestamp and location of somebody's birth being their, you know, their avatar. There was another thing that you talked about that I thought was so interesting that would be great to impart upon people, uh, which was the colors, the frequency that you are coming in at. So do you want to explain that piece? Yeah. So I had made the video about the timestamp, right? That you are coming into this as a personality, this avatar. And someone said, well, why would anyone choose to come into an experience and let's say be a starving child in Africa? Like who's signing up for that, right? And so as I looked at it, what they were showing me is, so the way I see like counsel, and this has been going on for years, the way I've seen counsel when doing hypnosis and seeing people under hypnosis talking to these, I guess you could say, I call it counsel, okay? And the way that I see counsel is almost like the colors of the rainbow. And each council member, so these are all spirits, just so you know, these are energies or aliens, whatever you want to call them. They are each a different color and each color represents a different frequency. And so when you are deciding to incarnate into an avatar, you are going to be prior to this you are going to confer and you know have a meeting if you will with a council member based on what it is that you are going to or how you are going to accomplish your goals so let's say for example I'll take myself and I would, before I came here, I would be conferring and having a conversation with the blue council member. So the blue council member is, someone asked me this question yesterday on a video, would be in line with speaking. Okay. So I came into this experience to speak. Shocking. I know everyone listening. I came into this experience to be a teacher, but... Someone else might come into this experience and be tasked. I like that. 
tasked with experiencing their life from the red root chakra survival energy. It is not better than the crown chakra, the the violet frequency. It's not less than it's there's no levels, but this energy that is going to incarnate as an avatar has been tasked with incarnating by way of the root chakra frequency, which would be survival. So they are going to learn their lessons by way of survival mode. Maybe it is in Africa and starving. Maybe it is having really rough family with a lot of abuse. And I and a lot of people push back because they're like, this sounds like religious dogma and you're blaming people that are abused. You're blaming trauma victims. You're blaming people that are maybe uh, have m- mental issues or physical difficulties. You're blaming them. And I, and I want to be very clear that this has absolutely nothing to do with blame. It has to do with experience. So any more than I am blaming myself for having breast cancer or blaming my son for having hearing loss and being born very, very sick. This is not a blame game. This is, wow, this is going to be really amazing to experience all of this and grow from it or, you know, have this very interestingly charged tasked experience, experiment, they just (laughs) made me say, um, experiment, that's actually a great word, as a human by way of this frequency. So like yesterday I was talking to somebody and and they showed up as the, the solar plexus and having courage and strength and working through the fears. So their experience by way of their life challenges they're charged with overcoming fears and really being courageous. All of their life might look very similar to yours and mine, but they're coming at it from a different life experience lesson. What they learn and what I would learn as a blue throat chakra, the way I would experience the same exact situation but I would maybe turn around and teach about it or I would write poetry about it. Or maybe, you know, if I, if I was a, like a, a sacral chakra person, exact same experience, I might paint about it. You know, I might become an OBGYN and really lean into the creativity and, and, and having children. So we can have the exact same, exact same experience, but by way of the, the frequency that we are charged with this experiment of humanity, we will take our experience and do different things with it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. Are the colors specific to the chakras? So I would look at the frequency as yes. And, And to be clear, that doesn't mean that like if you were to you know, be able to see counsel that they would be colors. They may be just ex- representing themselves in this way so that I can understand and explain it because it makes sense to me right. to see them that way. So because I'm clairvoyant, 
that is how I see them. So they're also like left to right and, you know, different colors and, you know, all these different things. And so that just might be the way that they express themselves. And then it then makes sense to my brain to then also relate it to the chakras and what the chakras represent. Even as I say that to you, they're like, it's science, it's math. It's very in line with the lower and, and I and I want to be very clear, this isn't like a better than or less than rating system. It's just a different point of the physical experience that you are focused on. Mm-hmm. You know, because even if you look at the body, the body is created. They're just showing me stuff right now about like the frequency of the throat. We have aligned it to this color of blue, but you know, is it really, is it just a higher frequency? Is, you know, is that really where you speak from? Or is that just where your voice box is? Like, there's so many different layers of the way we see the human body than what is actually uh, the case. Just because of, you know, if you think about, I was watching something the other day, and they were talking about the human body is a miracle. I, I mean, the whole concept that the human body even exists is like, really? Like, it's mind-blowing to think of the human body and all of the the, the animals on this planet and, and the way things are exist. I mean, it's, it's why? Perfection. It's perfection. like the most incredible perfection you could possibly, that you couldn't even imagine, right? Right. That's how I always think of it. Like this synergy, how everything has to work together in such balance and off of each other. And just, it's absolutely incredible. Well, that's for me what gives me so much faith, to be honest with you. It's like the perfection of the symphony of what we are living amongst, right? And I'm not saying like every day is perfect and shiny and beautiful. I just mean the perfection and how everything exists and works is, if you really start to think about it, is just a miracle. Not, you cannot comprehend it as a human, I don't think. You just yeah. can't. And that's what they showed me yesterday was, you know, without, and this goes back to the movie, right? Without without fire, there's no need for fire people. Without bad guys, there's no need for police officers and judges and lawyers. And without illness, there's no need for someone to be spurred to be a, a doctor or, you know, an occupational therapist and to and and to help and to be a nurse and to be a neurosurgeon. Like with every, you know, negative there is the the positive duality of the helper, right? right? And so if there was no nothing, we would just all be walking around this planet, bumping into each other, like collecting berries. Like the passion that grows to become a physician or, you know, um, a teacher is based on the need. And without any need, then there is no answer to that need. So that's kind of, you know, the lion and and the the animal that's being eaten. There's duality in all of this. We as humans just choose to look at it as, you know, so often in a negative space. And I and I know that the things that we're talking here, especially if someone's listening and has had a really tough go of it, you know, who's had a rough, rough life. And they're like, you know, screw you, Meredith, you know, like who are you to tell me that I chose 
my toxic family or an abusive relationship. And, you know, I'm here to raise my hand and say, me too, (laughs) you know, but when I say me too, I want you to also understand that I have then chosen to look back at all of it, recognize it as such, know that it was crap, but then go, okay, why? Why? What did I learn from that? How did I grow as a person? How did that make me stronger? How did that form my personality? How did that create the person that's talking about this right now? How did all of these things, how do I use all of those traumas to build into a space where I can help people and I have uh, common ground with people who have been abused physically, sexually, emotionally, spiritually? I choose to look at it and go, what can I do with all of that? Because I choose to look at it as an active participant. And when you do that, you're going to use and as that as a catalyst for change in not only your life, but in other people's lives. I think it's a game changer. Game changer. Complete, complete game changer when you're you choose the perspective that you're gonna look from. Yeah. Because otherwise I'm like, woe is me. My mom, this, my dad. And again, that doesn't mean you can't be like, holy crap, my parents were idiots. And I dated this guy who was a completely abusive piece of crap. You can see things for the reality that they are. You can see and go, yeah, radiation and breast surgery is not, not fun. <laughs> I That's not fun. But, you know, when you get past the experience and have a little bit more perspective and you're far far enough away from it that you're not deep in the weeds with it, then that's when you have the choice to go, okay, so why? Why did that happen to me? What am I supposed to learn from that? Do you think that you, once you learn a lesson, you have to learn it again? Mm -mm. Do you think it's a one, do you think once you've learned it, not that there aren't layers to lessons, right? Like, let's just make that nuance clear, but- Do you see it as something where it's like, once you've learned it, you've learned it, and then you're moving on to the next one? So I think it really depends. But I I do find that when you've learned a lesson, you will send yourself a check. You'll send yourself that little test. Like, yeah, like a lot of people will call it a test. And I do believe it's kind of like, is this lesson is this experience truly cemented into your frequency that you no longer can even play in the mud with that person or that experience because again there's no good there's no bad so when you move into an experience that you decided i am not going to date abusive guys anymore i am not going to play in the mud with people that treat me poorly right and you have you've decided this and this is the way your life is going to be and you feel that your frequency has completely changed and then here comes that exact same character or situation in your life right and so I I look at that as you sending that person to you. Mm-hmm. I don't look at that like, oh, the universe is testing me. No, you are testing you. You yeah. are deciding, have I truly grown from this or am I going to dip down and over into that experience again? Or have I truly 
elevated myself. I hate like elevated because it sounds like better than and less than, but it's not. Have I decided that I am no longer going to live on that planet anymore of being abused and having unhealthy boundaries and having people treat me badly? And so I look at those little tests or learning the lesson as, is this who you truly are now? Or are you just faking it? Mm -hmm. Are you just going through the motions of being this new person? Yeah. And as you're saying that, I keep thinking about it bringing an awareness to you that you have made that change or that you have, I don't want to say leveled up, but that you have overcome that thing. Because I think a lot of times when we're going through stuff like this, it can be subconscious almost, right? Like you're going through these subconscious patterns that you, that you've developed, you know, through childhood, whatever that you came in with. And, and then you keep going through them. And then all of a sudden they become something that you are now aware of consciously. And it's not just living deep within your subconscious. And I almost feel like that check moment, like when I, when I like sent, like when I'm imagining that, like what you're saying, it's almost like, hello, do you see me? Like it's got like a red name tag on. It's like, my name is Ted. And I'm here to show you that this is, I am in existence. And are you going to handle me the same way this time? So like, I guess that, I think that's, that's really interesting that you say that because you're like, okay, I got through this, but you're like, but did you? And do you see me? Okay. Yeah. And what's funny too, is as you were just talking about that, and and you and I have talked about this a bunch in appointment, is there's like this existence of like, let's call it Meredith 1.0, right? And Meredith 1.0, it deals in unhealthy boundaries and, you know, just being treated however a person and, you know, just always is acquiescing to everyone else and people pleasing. That's Meredith 1.0, right? However she was created. And then something happens. We either see a movie or a video or uh, something traumatic happens where all of a sudden, like you're saying, you see it. You see your unhealthy boundaries. You're, um, you're right. You're like, oh, I'm not healthy and I don't want to do this anymore. Right. And so there's a falling away of Meredith 1.0. There's a breakdown. There's a destruction of the way that Meredith was and the Mer- way Meredith believed and behaved and saw herself and saw her value based on people pleasing. And so then there's the breakdown. And then there's the creation of Meredith 2.0, where maybe there's more boundaries and maybe there she doesn't allow people to talk crap to her or whatever. She stops people pleasing quite so much. But then she sends in a new friend that maybe starts pushing the boundaries and is like, oh, you really are at Meredith 1.5. So we need to do a little bit more work. And so it's kind of like you are truly creating a new energetic experience. And and honestly, what I'm seeing in this moment that they're showing me is when that person, that lesson comes into your experience, what it actually is doing, and here's your answer, what it actually is doing is letting you know that that frequency is still inside of you. Mm. 
that you are still capable of attracting those situations, not so much to test, but to allow you to see and know that you are still attracting magnet that you spoke about. You are still attracting those 1.5 Meredith people, those 1.0 Meredith people. You still have work to do. Mm-hmm. You still have work to do. And so the attraction of the people around you or the experiences around you are your telltale sign that you are still 1.75. You haven't yeah. really got to 2.0 yet. You still have some work to do. And I find that fascinating. I really like that right there. I'm glad they showed that to us. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I mean, I feel like that's one of those things too, where like, I think we talked about it a little, a little bit last time, you know, like I, I can even just say from like my walk this morning, I, I chose this morning to rather than drive up to my doctor's appointment that I had this morning, it's in town. I can walk there. So I didn't get my walk this morning that I usually do. So I was like, you know what? I could get more things done if I drove up there and drove back. Right. But I'm going to walk there because it would make me feel really good. And it would like get my energy in the right place. Mm -hmm. So I walk up there, I have my appointment. I see my doctor who I just happened to, you know, connect with. She's like a younger entrepreneur as well. And we exchanged some like really great stuff about business. And then on my walk home, I see, you know, an investor who I know who, you know, I ended up having a conversation about something they want to buy. Right. So it's like, it's just interesting how, like, if you change your energy, I guess this is like my point of the story is like, if you change your energy, which I think is kind of like what you're saying, and I know it can be on like a macro or, or a micro level, just the attraction around you is vastly different. Mm-hmm. And it is all about attraction. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like where you are, that's what you're attracting. And I think, you know, there's like, it's interesting because I feel like there's like, you know, you keep talking about like good and bad and like these levels. And every time you talk about it, I see it like a piano, like looking at a piano, like, uh, you know, up and down and it's just different notes. Right. And mm-hmm. I feel like you're in, you, you're in these different note sections and maybe, you know, so maybe your daily fluctuations, just a couple notes and maybe like over your lifetime, you know, you're kind of like in specific sections. I don't know if that makes sense exactly what I'm saying, but I think it no, kind it, of. 1000%. And when you were just talking about that, what I was seeing is like, it's like when you start lifting weights and you pick up the weights and you're like, oh my God, I can only do three pounds on shoulders, right? And oh, wow, that really hurts. But if you keep lifting weights, all of a sudden you're doing 10 pounds on shoulders. So your your norm changes. So like if you if you're 20 years old and all your friends are making 20 grand a year, right? Then like, wow, I'm really killing it at, you know, making 20 grand a year. And then you start hanging out with other people and you're like, you're still making 20 and they're making 40. Now you're quote unquote leveling up. You're like, oh, I got to work a lot harder to make the 40. So, you know, when you look at your friends and your circle and the people that you are attracting on the daily, weekly, monthly, that is who you are. When they say, you know, the, when you hang around rich people, you will become rich. It is 1000% true because your perspective, like I used to think a million dollars was like, that's it. That's all I needed. That's it. For the rest of my life, all I need is $1 million and I can retire. I will be happy. I will never want it for another thing. But then when you start hanging around people that have $20 million, you're like, 
oh, that's possible. They're as smart as I am. They're they're working the same way I'm working. That I guess is even that that is possible. When I started hanging around women here where I live, and I'm like, doctor, you know, uh, lawyer, and author, I'm like, oh wait, they're like me. They have kids. They can do these things. So can I. Your perspective starts to grow. You know, if you look at your kids and you're like, well, my kid is good, but her friends are all train wrecks. No, no, your kid's a train wreck too. You just don't know it because she would not be attracting train wrecks if she were also not a train wreck, you know, humanly speaking, of course. So like, that is the thing is like, when we get used to something and then all of a sudden that changes. So like, if I'm used to being treated poorly, if I'm used to people pleasing, but then I learn something and recognize what people pleasing is or what narcissism is, now all of a sudden I can't put those shoes on anymore. I can't get comfortable because now my awareness is that this person is gaslighting me. That person is treating me poorly. I am now aware of it. I can't take that coat off. That code is mine now. I now have an awareness to what is going on. And so you cannot help but level up as you read more, listen more, watch more, experience more, listen to more podcasts, whatever it is. Every time you learn something, you have an awareness that you didn't have five minutes ago. And so that is kind of like the leveling up of lifting weights or humanity or your experiences. That's how this goes. So the more you put yourself out there, if you just sit in your house and, you know, do nothing all day, you're not going to expand. But if we put ourselves out there, like I always talk about, we're not meant to be the Buddha on the mountain. We're meant to be the Christ amongst the people because we're not meant to sit in an ashram all day. We're meant to walk around the town and eat the food and experience the religion. And that is where you will find true growth is when we are put into these difficult, uncomfortable situations or growing experiences and you go, oh, wait, America is not the end all be all of all of all. You know, our Western education isn't the end all be all of all what we've been taught. So as we grow and 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 that, to be honest, as soon as I'm sitting here saying that, that is why you're seeing a lot of groups of people who want to ban books, who want to ban TikTok, who want to ban certain things is because they know that the more aware the collective consciousness becomes the more powerful that they will be because now they will be aware of the bad treatment. They'll be aware of uh, the fact that a lot of what is going on is intentional. Yeah. A hundred percent. And awareness is the first step to change, which I think is just so simple, but incredibly powerful. Yeah. I mean, I just talked to someone yesterday and I was like, Hey, you know, they live in Southern Ohio. And I said, do not put your kids in a bathtub. Absolutely not. Until this is figured out, I would be ordering, you know, bottled water from the other side of the country or get a Berkey, kid, give the kids a shower. Do not lay in the bathtub. This water is a disaster right now. And the person said, but they said it was safe. Yeah. So did Flint, Michigan. Okay, so let's give it some time and don't put your kids in a bathtub and figure out a filtration system that you can rely on or I don't even know what. You know, 
there is time and time and time and time again, the powers that be, the government have told us everything's fine, everything's safe, everything's... Look at... I just watched the documentary about Three Mile Island the other day and they're like, everything's fine. And it's like, no, it's not. Because they have a vested interest in keeping us stupid and following. Yeah. You know, and so the more we are not stupid and following and recognizing our power that that based on the more information that we have and the more aware we are that we are playing a character and that we don't have to be afraid. And, you know, this experience is, is a lesson. That's, that's, it can be dangerous humans. Yeah. Well, and just to be empowered to think for yourself, right. You know, and being empowered to think for yourself, I think is something that we're not always taught, Mm-hmm. And the quicker we can get there, the quicker you can change your own life. But it's not easy. It can be so scary. So scary. You know, and that's the other thing that came to me last week and was we are we do have rules we have to play by. Like we have to play by the rules of biology and gravity and um, laws of attraction. And, you know, and if you want to learn about yourself, go learn about the laws of physics, you know, an, a, a, a thing going in one direction will continue going in that direction unless a force is placed on it from the opposite direction. So imagine a ball is going to keep rolling down the hill unless someone comes by and hits the ball. A person is going to keep eating McDonald's unless they watch a movie and learn how bad McDonald's is for them, right? You know what I mean? Like a person is going to keep doing what a person does unless there's some sort of force information placed on them to recognize that they can turn into a different direction. Study physics and it will explain so much about your human behavior. So because we have to live by the same laws of science that science has to live by because we are scientific creatures. We still have to live by biology. We still have to live by all of these things because we have signed up to the human experience. So it's important to note that we can't just jump off like we can jump off, uh, but we're going to, you know, a roof, but we we are going to come down because we are signed up to be humans. So there's a lot of, there's a lot that goes into being a human, but I think it makes it way less, the world is out to get me. I have no choice. This is a scary place when we start to see ourselves as biological science experiments. Honestly, it makes And you likened it last time we were chatting to you likened it to like being in a, in a video game, right? Like playing a character in a video game, but the rules, right? Like you're talking about right now, like the rules of, you know, the world's science, all of that are like the, you know, the the construct of the video game. They're the, you know, the edges that you see, the places you can go and can't go, et cetera. So I think that's a really good analogy to think about when you're kind of imagining everything that we're talking about, which I think can feel really abstract if this is maybe the first time you're hearing something like this. <laughs> yeah. Might your mind might be exploding right now. But if yeah. this is something that you know that that you have kind of considered and explored or, you know, you're tiptoeing around, I think that's a really good place to kind of dumb it down to. I hate mm-hmm. that phrase, but that for me is a really easy way to to think about it. So I love that too. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing a video game and there's 10 tools to choose from, like look at back in Atari, right? We Atari was 
very simplistic. If you look at the 70s and the 80s, the 80s and 70s were very simplistic. Now things like if you play a video game, they look almost human. But guess what? Next year, they're going to come out with more video games in the, the next level up, right? The, the video game 10.0. And it's going to have more tools for that character and more skins that they call them, which are outfits. And our universe is the same way. This year we have iPhone 14. Next year we're going to have iPhone 15. And then we're going to go into space. And then, and then, and then there's always a next level because the universe, and they're proving this in science, you can look it up. The universe is expanding. Well, yeah, the universe is expanding. We were using Blackberries a few years ago, and now we're using basically computers that are the size of our hands. So as we expand, as things become more possible, just like in a video game, the video game universe expands, so does our universe. And and we were talking about this, we should talk about this next time, is this concept of education. Chat GPT is going to obliterate any need to ever write a, a paper ever again. Now they have computers that will cut your hair based on your face structure. They are changing what we need to know exponentially. In the next 10, 20 years, we are not going to see the same education at all that we are looking at today. And that is what we're seeing with, they're showing me right now, like the ADD, the ADHD kids, the, this this new way of learning, the hands-on approach is going to completely obliterate the education system as we know it and change it over so much. We just don't need it. You know, like just like the kids don't learn spelling anymore. They don't learn cursive anymore. You know, like there's things that are becoming antiquated and it's going to become faster and faster and faster with AI. Whether you like it or not, it's here. It's not going anywhere. Learn it. Let your kids use it because everything is about to change. Everything is going to change in the next 10 years when it comes to all of this, because our brains and our bodies are going to be used for greater things than writing essays. I mean, yes. it, it's it's just what's completely going to change. So we should talk about that next time. Education. I think that'd be yes, a great topic. Yes. I love that topic. Let's, let's get excited for that one for next time. I think that's such a good one. And just the talk of the shift of, Hey, just because we're not doing that doesn't mean there's nothing else we're good for. There's so many other incredible things that we could be doing that are so much more important than that. So yeah, let's, Let's dive into that. Super fun. Well, thank you so much for doing this again with me. I appreciate it. I love it. As always, so many good glimmers. Yeah, I think we blew some minds today. <laughs> good. Let's do it. Let's keep blowing them. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you here next week. Same time, same sandbox with the same type of conversation. So we'll see you back here next week. Thanks, Allison. See you then. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillets.com we're on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers. Cheers.